Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program. I'm your host, Steve Z. Let's get started. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to this edition of the Truth Hurts Program with your host, Steve Z. Hey, that's me. I hate to be the guy who says I told you so. Okay, not really. I love being the guy who says I told you so. But remember back in the days when Cuomo was the governor of New York and he sentenced all of those nanas and pop-pops, grandmas and grandmas, peepaws and meemaws to their deaths by forcing COVID-positive elderly senior citizen patients into nursing homes where there was virtually no evidence of COVID, no instances of COVID, and he claimed it was only, oh, I don't know, a few thousand. Well, now the new governor, the lady who took over, is revealing the absolute truth that there were more than 12,000 additional elderly people dead in nursing homes because of the direct actions and executive orders of Governor Cuomo. This man should not only be tried, he should be publicly executed for the destruction, the utter devastation and What's the word? Is there such a word as genocide? It's not genocide. It's not patricide. It's, what is it? Abuelicide? This man killed, directly murdered, sentenced these people to death by his actions as the governor of New York. And I stand by my statements early on in this COVID-19 pandemic of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus that he did so because older people, elderly people, tend to vote Republican and conservative because their years of life experience has taught them that liberalism, progressivism, wokeism all lead to socialism and communism. And elderly people, like those in nursing homes, know firsthand the ravages of socialism and communism. They lived seeing those effects in other nations. Many of those in the nursing homes served our nation in the military and fought against communist and socialist and Marxist and Nazi regimes. And Cuomo saw an opportunity to get rid of these people. So he sentenced them to death because old people vote. They vote absentee, they vote by mail. And this way, he could eliminate tens of thousands of potential Republican votes. And if you think I'm out on a limb on this one, folks, I don't think I am. It is a damn shame, and this man should be tried and hanged in the public square for murder, mass murder. He should go down in history with the Hitlers, the Mengele's, the Stalins, the Mussolini's of the world as one of the most evil leaders ever. And not far behind him is a man who ran for president twice and lost twice after being caught lying and plagiarizing twice, more than twice, but for two election cycles. The man known as muttering, puttering, fluttering, shuddering, stuttering, stammering, mumbling, fumbling, grumbling, stumbling, bumbling, fumbling, mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey, sleepy, creepy Joe Biden. Here's a man who has just literally sentenced tens of thousands of Americans 
and possibly hundreds of thousands of Afghani loyal to Americans to their deaths under the Taliban and now, surprise, 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 just as I predicted, ISIS, which is now rearing its ugly head after being all but defeated by Donald Trump's administration, suddenly I see the word ISIS popping up all over the news feeds. Gropey Joe Biden. Oh my God. What a joke of a president this guy is. Gropey Joe Biden actually had a meeting with Israeli Prime Minister to keep the spotlight on Afghanistan and on terrorist threats to allies. According to Kelly Laco at Fox News, Biden's foreign policy credibility has taken a deep dive amidst the botched Afghanistan withdrawal. Gropey Joe's upcoming meeting with Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, who doesn't belong in that position, but he's there. Some more strange electioneering going on, election politics going on there, questionable results, etc. But that seems to be a pattern now. Biden's upcoming meeting with the new Israeli Prime Minister Neftali Bennett is likely to center on the escalating crisis in Afghanistan, as well as other emerging threats to the U.S. and its allies, including Israel, during the rise of terrorism throughout that entire region. Now that gropey Joe Biden has proven beyond any shadow of a doubt that he is a weak, senile, defenseless old man who does not belong at the head of the White House and the administration of the greatest country on earth. Biden is set to hold a meeting at the White House Thursday and tomorrow with Prime Minister Bennett. It'll be the first in-person meeting between the two leaders. In a statement last week, Little Red, Jen Walk It Back Girl Pisaki said, tensions with Iran are expected to be a focus of the discussion. Should be a, uh, Afghanistan, probably. She said, the president and Prime Minister Bennett will discuss critical issues related to regional and global security, including Iran. The visit will also be an opportunity for these two leaders to discuss efforts to advance peace, security, and prosperity for Israelis and Palestinians, and the importance of working towards a more peaceful and secure future for the region. If I were Prime Minister Bennett, I would be scared to death because any words that come out of Joe Biden's mouth are instantaneously in doubt, in question, and usually an out-and-out lie. In the days since the White House announced the visit, Biden's foreign policy credibility with allies and adversaries has taken a deep dive due to the botched withdrawal of U.S.-led NATO troops from Afghanistan. Former national security experts are saying that Biden's meeting with Bennett will be a true test for the future of the close alliance between the U.S. and Israel. Really? Oh my God, they're one of our best allies. And Biden's about to screw that up as well. This includes how they will jointly combat aggressive nations towards Israel in the region, as well as the now massive rise in terrorism from groups like the Taliban and ISIS. Of course, Gropey Joe Biden wouldn't know what ISIS is. His former boss, Barack Hussein Obama, called them ISIL. I don't still think anyone has figured that lie out yet. But anyway, we won't go there. The implications of this botched withdrawal from Afghanistan by Gropey Joe Biden 
Well, it's not limited to neighboring states. More broadly, it's likely to impact the United States' relationship with all of its allies, including Israel. The meeting is likely to include a request for assistance from Prime Minister Bennett to replenish the Iron Dome and other kinds of advanced weaponry that Israel may be looking for to be able to fight these massively growing terrorist groups. Elliot Abrams, who served as Special Assistant to the President and National Security Council Senior Director for the Near East and North Africa under George W. Bush, and served also as Deputy NSC Advisor, said that the Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan weakened the United States in the eyes of Arab states as an unreliable protector. Any way you look at it, ask anyone in any foreign country. I just asked my buddy Steve down in Australia, and he said, Oh my God, your president is a moron. I can't believe he is such a weak-minded fool. And that is the sentiment going around the United States of America, my friends. Biden ain't got a clue. That's the truth. And unfortunately for us and for Israel, the truth hurts. I've made this a priority for my administration from the outset. He was talking about cybersecurity. No talk about Afghanistan policy, aside from this punchline. Mr. President, thank if you, Americans are you, still in you, Afghanistan you, after you. the deadline, Mind what would you do? Thing. You'll be the first person I'll call. So what's so fun? Of course, it's a very important question. These are incredibly serious issues, and they are discussions that are happening internally. As the clock ticks towards a final flight out of Kabul, the president's focus on domestic issues, including the Build Back Better agenda last night, is worrying some critics. He was wasting precious time this week, burning the phones up, pressuring Democrats to vote for a $5 trillion spending bill and tax bill. That's what he was wasting time on. Every minute of his days should be getting all Americans out. The top Democrat in Congress still backs Biden. The uh, judgment about leaving is about judgment that the president has made. I trust his judgment. Republicans, including some who served, don't. We are on the cusp, Paris, of having the biggest mass hostage situation in American history. It's going to make 1979 in Tehran look like a sleepover. After the president's deadline to leave, the Taliban may remain U.S. partners. If it makes good on its commitments to allow people who want to leave Afghanistan to leave, that's a government we can work with. But that could conflict with a long-standing foreign policy tradition. Why haven't we heard the president say the United States does not negotiate with terrorists? Is that still the U.S. policy? Well, of course it is, Peter, but I would also say that uh, there's a reality that the Taliban is currently controlling large swaths of Afghanistan. Uh, that is a reality on the ground. So they say they don't negotiate with terrorists. What they do is they have active discussions with the Taliban, and officials claim they haven't given anything to Taliban leaders. They don't see this as a quid pro quo, but nobody around here has been able to say what is going to happen after the U.S. leaves and the Taliban starts stopping Afghans who helped the U.S. want to leave too. I picked up that article from the Fox News channel. I thought it would be very relevant. Thanks to the team at Fox News. Hell of a job on that report. He left 80 billion, with a B, 80 billion plus dollars that we know of, of weapons and transportation and equipment. Not only is he joking, but he is a joke. And little red walk it back girl Jen Pisaki is not much better. You really have to hate when the truth becomes an inconvenient truth for those who are spouting the so-called truth. According to an article in the New York Slimes, 
vaccines prevented fewer infections as the Delta variant emerged. This according to researchers. Coronavirus vaccines provided strong protection against infection for essential workers earlier this year, but those same vaccines were less effective as the new Delta variant became the dominant form of the virus after it was released into the population, according to a study published by federal health officials. It was not clear whether the decline in protection was caused by the emergence of Delta or the lengthening period of time since the inoculations were begun, meaning the vaccines lose efficiency over time. Vaccine effectiveness showed possible signs of decline starting four months after the so-called savior vaccines were first rolled out. Ashley Folks is an epidemiologist on the COVID-19 response team at the CDC. She led a study and her comments were, quote, what we're trying to figure out is, is this Delta or is this waning effectiveness? Our conclusion is we can't really tell which has been the moniker and the calling card of the CDC and the Biden administration since January 20th of this year. They can't really tell you much of anything about anything. They can't tell you why the vaccines aren't working as well as they did last year when they first rolled out. They can't tell you why this Delta variant is not working the vaccines so very well. The Biden administration can't tell you why they screwed the pooch in Afghanistan, why massive inflation has occurred, why there are fuel shortages, why there is still a crisis at the southern border, and why gropey Joe Biden is missing for hours and sometimes days at a time. Researchers followed thousands of first responders and healthcare workers and others who could not work remotely in eight locations throughout Arizona, Oregon, Texas, Florida, Utah, and Minnesota. These participants were tested for coronavirus infection every week for the past 35 weeks, as well as any time they developed any COVID-like symptoms. Most of the vaccinated workers did receive the Pfizer vaccine, one-third received the Moderna, and only 2% received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Overall, the vaccines reduced infections amongst vaccinated workers by 80% from December 14th through August 14th, compared with unvaccinated workers. Those results were adjusted, by the way, for factors including occupation, demographic characteristics, frequency of close social contact, and mask usage. While the shots reduced infections by 91% before the emergence of the newly released Delta variant, their protectiveness dropped off to 66% as the Delta variant became dominant in each region. Hmm. Another CDC study released on Tuesday analyzed infections and hospitalizations in Los Angeles County from May 1st through July 25th of this year. Now, before I go into that study, I want you to understand that the vaccine is supposed to prevent people from becoming infected with the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 and its variants. That's what we were told. That's what the Biden administration has been telling us. If you get vaccinated, you won't get COVID, right? That's what they've been telling us all along. Here we go. While vaccinated people did become infected, 
The researchers concluded that amongst the unvaccinated, infection rates were 4.9 times as high and the hospitalization rate was supposedly 29 times as high. Of the 43,127 known infections in LA County among residents 16 and older, 25% were in people who received the vaccines. So you put four people in a room, you give four people a vaccination, one of those four people will still get COVID. You put four million people in Los Angeles in a room and you vaccinate all four million of those people, one million of those who received the vaccine will still get COVID. Of the 43,127 known infections in LA County amongst residents 16 and older, 25% were fully vaccinated people. 3.3% were partially vaccinated people, meaning they only had one of the two shots of Pfizer or Moderna. And 71.4% were unvaccinated people. The proportion of fully vaccinated LA County residents is now about 51%. 3% of vaccinated individuals ended up being hospitalized. Half of 1% were admitted to ICUs and 0.2% required mechanical ventilation. Even though they were vaccinated, they still got COVID. They still went to the hospital. They still ended up in ICUs and some still required ventilators. The comparable rates of the unvaccinated in LA County, 7.6% who went to the hospital, 1.5% of those went to the ICU, and 0.5% required ventilation. Not a massive difference between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated when it comes to hospitalizations. Those, by the way, who were hospitalized despite vaccination, according to the report, were older on average than the unvaccinated people who got hospitalized. The death rate amongst the vaccinated was also lower, 0.2% versus 0.6% amongst the unvaccinated. The median age at death was higher in the vaccinated people, 78 years old. The median age of unvaccinated was 63 years old. Again, your body, your choice. There is scientific data, fact, evidence that if you are vaccinated, you can still catch the COVID-19 virus and you can still spread the COVID-19 virus. Just because you have been vaccinated, the studies now show you can still give COVID to other people, which is why they want you to wear the mask. However, if you wear the mask, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID according to the CDC. You see the games they're trying to play here with folks? Do you see the games? And as I reported yesterday here on the Truth Hurts program, my hero, the Johnson & Johnson Janssen Pharmaceuticals vaccine, one dose is probably going to turn into a booster dose here sometime after the end of September. And with the booster dose, Johnson & Johnson says 94 to 97% effective. 
I'll probably roll up my sleeve for a second dose of Johnson & Johnson. I don't want to cross-pollinate myself with a <laughs> bad choice of words. I don't want to cross-pollinate myself by having the Johnson & Johnson initially and then switching over to one of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines and then have to start all over getting two or three additional vaccines. So I'll wait for the Johnson & Johnson booster to come out. I think that is the wise decision for me. You do you, I'll do me. I'm not going to run away scared, cowering, screaming like a raving banshee if I find out you're not vaccinated. Or if you walk into a store without a mask. I'm not going to be one of those Karens who runs around screaming, He's not wearing a mask! Those idiot Karens screaming at the top of their lungs are spreading more COVID around through their magic masks, even if they're vaccinated, than a person who's walking through a store, minding their own business, not shouting, screaming, coughing, whining, spitting on people. But the Karens don't care. Karens are only out to make Karens feel good about themselves, thinking that they're some type of hero. This nation is becoming more and more wimped, pussified, whatever terminology you want to call it. It is the truth, and sometimes, my friends, that ugly truth hurts. We'll be right back. The midterm elections are just about a year away. Very shortly, you will start to see all of those political ads again. Yes, yes, I know. Just when you thought it was over. But it happens every two years. Every two years, some House of Representatives members are up for a re-election or new members trying to become members for election for hopefully their first chance in office. Vote them all out, I say, and let's start with a clean slate. But let's vet each and every potential candidate all the way back to grade school. If little Byron put a booger in little Susie's hair in the first grade, chances are little Byron has some other issues that he may have to come out with as he runs for office. If little Myron cheated on little Susie when they were in the seventh grade with little Karen, we need to know about this early on. We're looking for the best and the brightest to truly lead our nation. Representatives in the House of Representatives in our nation should be fine, upstanding citizens. Now, we all know, looking at people like Nasty Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Chuckles the Clown Schumer, The Squad, Alexandria Horseface Cortez, the lying Indian Princess Focahontas Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booger, all of those people, all of those people, Maxine Waters, Sheila Jackson Lee, all of these clowns, these morons, who can't string together two coherent sentences without looking at a cue card or a script or a teleprompter. People like Joe Biden, people like Toe Harris, people like, oh, what was that clown's name? Beto O'Rourke. And yes, even on the Republican side, Mitch McConnell, I'm not a fan. We do have some decent folks in there, and some of you will laugh at me, but we actually have a few actual medical doctors in Congress. People who devoted a large portion of their life to learning about the human condition, practicing medicine, and then deciding, hey, 
I've got to make it better, so I'm going to run to represent the people of my district. Not to represent some special interest group, not run to represent some pandering minority or pandering victim state group. They truly want to represent the people and abide by the Constitution of the United States of America. It is time for term limits in Congress. The problem is it will never happen because no one in Congress wants to be told they can only run X number of times. They like that position of power. They like the money and they like all of the side perks that come along with the job. All of the friends and benefits that they get. Being able to put their nieces and nephews and cousins and neighbors in cushy jobs on a condition of passing this law or that law. Don't say it doesn't happen and it happens on the Democrat side as well as the Republican side and even on the independent side. Bernie Sanders has something to gain by pushing this three and a half trillion dollar socialism communism plan disguised as a people infrastructure plan. Don't be fooled. They all have an agenda. The midterm elections will make a huge difference in whether or not the clown in the White House, gropey Joe Biden, and cackling communist Camel Toe Harris will continue to push a radical leftist socialist agenda down the throats of the American people, or whether we have the opportunity to install a set of four-wheel disc brakes on that agenda by putting Republicans back in charge of the House of Representatives and the United States Senate. The House of Representatives midterm elections coming up in 2022 will be the first step in installing those brake calipers, those brake lines, the master cylinder, all the other components of the brakes that we need to put on this massive runaway train of taxing and spending money we do not have. Republicans are pledging big headaches for Gropey Joe Biden if they happen to win back control of either one or both chambers of Congress next year. Several senators and representatives will be retiring, some just deciding not to run again, and some deserve to be voted out of office immediately. Amid the long days of fallout over this Afghanistan debacle, as well as the crisis at our southern border, as well as the economy shutting down and inflating at the same time, and the massive crime wave brought forth by the defund the police movement and all of the lies of the so-called systemic racism of cops. Republican lawmakers have now floated everything from launching select committees for impeachment to questioning if Joe Biden should be removed by using the 25th Amendment. Be careful what you wish for. I've said many times on this program, if Biden is out, Camel Toe Harris becomes the president. And that, my friends, would be a disaster. Comments are, for now, just rhetoric that plays well with the base, but it is a potential preview of how a GOP-controlled Congress could try to trip up Biden heading into the 2024 elections. These news reporters, or that's what they call themselves, actually think Biden is going to be around in 2024 to run again? 
I want to publish, I want to produce and publish the actual, <laughs> the actual anti-Biden campaign ad. And I'm going to work on one of those for a future edition of this program. And in their current position in the minority in both chambers of Congress, the Republicans are currently powerless to do much beyond using the issue to fire up voters, to file some symbolic resolutions, and urge Democrats and watchdog groups to probe various parts of all of the failings of the Biden administration. Republicans, however, are feeling bullish about chances to win back the House, which they're all but guaranteed to pick up seats through redistricting that is thankfully coming, thanks to the U.S. Census. And Republicans only need to pick up one net seat in the Senate to take over the Senate majority. Let us hope and pray that we get that opportunity so that we can put gropey Joe Biden, camel toe Harris, nasty Nazi Pelosi, and chuckles the clown Schumer in their respective places on the toilet seat. Of course, the hypocrisy, the lies, and the double standard that applied through the mainstream leftist media to Donald Trump will never apply to this clown, the groper-in-chief Joe Biden. Everything that he is screwing up is simply being praised or overlooked by the media, and that will continue for the foreseeable future. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Truth Hurts program. I hope you all go out there and make it a wonderful day. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program, copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Network. 